Shabbat Shalom, everyone. I'm Rabbi David Levine, and this is Live From Home. Shabbat Shalom. We miss all of you. This is Sandy Levine, Live From Home. We're so glad to be together and that you would join us today is really wonderful. I want to give a special welcome to all the Mishpacha from Beth Israel, all of our friends around the world who are joining with us. It's really wonderful that you could be with us on this Yom Shabbat on Saturday, May 9th, 2020. It's a great time to be together. And this morning, Rabbi Yuri and Rabbi Sen Ina Korshin and their son David will welcome us to their home and lead us in Hebrew prayers and in worship. And after that, we'll return back to live from home and I'll have an encouraging word for you about the benefits of Shabbat. And then we'll return to the Korshin home at the end for a final worship song. So right now, don't forget to hit the share button so that you can let your friends know that they can join in with us as we're beginning. And if you use the like and the follow buttons, then you'll be notified when everything works right with Facebook <laughs> about all of the things that are happening. And don't forget one more thing that you may need to refresh your page at different times and even stop and restart the video if you ever have a, a problem with the video showing up or functioning in the best way. So if you have that problem right now, of course, you do not hear us and you don't see us, but I'm just reminding you. And I do want to invite you to join us and participate with us through the comment section on Facebook. We really enjoy that, don't we, Sandy, reading the comments. Yes. And honestly, during during this time together, it's hard for me to read um, while things are going on, though I try to give a greeting right at the beginning during our times of worship. But afterwards, I love to read the comments. Yes. And I would like to thank all Beth Israel members who not only communicate with each other and say hello, but especially um, greeting uh, people that are listening from a distance so that they feel comfortable and part of our community as well. Thank you. Yeah, it's great that we have this ministry of participation. Special thanks to the Dexter House and Stone family for leading that ministry. Well, we'd love to hear from first time watchers and also from people who have never commented. It's a great way for us to say hello to you, to greet you, to welcome you on the Shabbat. And from Sandy and me, we can say Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Now let's join the Korshans to live from home. Shabbat Shalom congregation, good morning everyone and welcome into our home. Let's start our worship today with Shema Israel. Let's pray. Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed is the name of his glorious kingdom for all eternity. Amen. And let's proceed with Veshamru. Let's pray together. The children of Israel shall keep the Shabbat, observing it throughout their generations as an everlasting covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. And it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another, and from one Shabbat to another, all flesh shall come to worship before me, says the Lord. Amen. Shabbat <laughs> 
Wonderful seeing David Korshin, wasn't it, playing on the keyboard today? Congratulations, David, and it's so wonderful as well that the whole Korshin family is serving the Lord together and able to lead us in worship. It's really, I think, a wonderful experience and very encouraging to see the generations working together. That's part of the vision of Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue, Lador Vador, from one generation to another. We believe in the power of including all generations, young and old. We don't wait for people to join uh, ministry when they're adults. We like to include them when they're even little kids. So it's a beautiful thing to see young and old together, all generations to, together. And I want to tell you something else, that during the season that we're in, of adjustment and disruption, we've noticed a lot of families doing more things together because they have much more time together, but they're even going for walks and bike rides and playing games together. And that experience of being joined together and taking time with each other, I think is a hidden blessing that we should pay attention to and take note of. What a wonderful, wonderful experience. Well, before we get started with our study this morning, I, I want to give a mazel tov to Kate, to Catherine Muhlendorf. She turned 18 this week, and she's also graduating from high school this month. It's a great challenge because the young people who are going through graduation ceremonies from high school and college during the spring season are not able to go to the normal kind of commencement activities and celebrations. And those that are having birthdays even during this time period are also experiencing something similar. So we want to encourage you to take time to write in the comment section and congratulate Kate, wish her a happy birthday. And while you're doing that, you can also wish a happy birthday to Ethel Holtzman. Happy birthday, Ethel. Today is her birthday. And just a couple of days ago, it was Chungwa's birthday. Chungwa, you probably know her as Kim Jacobs, but her Korean name, Chungwa, is, is very dear and precious. And Chungwa Kim Jacobs celebrated her birthday during um, a few days ago. I do have some sad news to tell you that Deborah Bacon passed away this morning. She has been hospitalized. She's been having a series of health problems for quite a long term and been in really a difficult situation. She was ready to go to the Lord, she said. And so this morning at 8, 6, 16, she passed away and she is now in the comfort of the Lord 
and in his presence. May her memory be a blessing for all who knew her and may the Lord pour out comfort as all of us mourn her passing. And we'll, we'll provide news to you about final arrangements, about a memorial service or a time when we can say Kaddish together even by Zoom during one of our Shabbat services. So um, our heart just goes out to all the friends and family of Deborah Bacon. This morning, we want to study the scriptures together. And so let's pray. This is a customary prayer for the Jewish people whenever we're reading from Torah and studying Torah. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. One of the faces, one of the challenges that we're facing these days is that there has been so much disruption in our lives. Day-to-day -day activities have been disrupted and the rhythm of life has been disrupted for many. And so I think of it this way, that the pace and the tempo of life, the beats, if you will, the patterns, the, the things that provide measure and rhythm to us have, have changed for so many of us. And that's because so many of the external things that are part of that rhythm of life have been affected by the pandemic at work, at school, even our socializing, our gathering together in all the ways, our shopping experiences, our hobbies, and so forth. There's been a great amount of disruption, but not everything is disrupted. And that's what I want to focus on, that the Torah portion this week speaks about the things that can continue to provide rhythm to your life. The weekly Shabbat provides rhythm. The holidays that come the in spring and fall, all of the holidays that we can experience, they provide a sense of rhythm to us. And for me, it's a good reminder to, to think about this because we do have rhythm to our lives and our lives have a heartbeat. That's how I like to think of it. Just like the heart beats with some regularity, life has a rhythm as well. There are seven days to every week. We have days of work and we have days of rest. And each week Shabbat comes, whether you're ready or not. Have you noticed that? If you haven't gotten ready, it still comes. And it reminds me of when we were kids and we would play hide and go seek. And we had in our neighborhood and our family, the, the custom of counting up. And, and for the older kids, you'd have to count up to a hundred. And we learned to count really fast. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10. And you'd go as fast as you could, but boy, you got tired as you were getting closer to that hundred. But we would count up. And as soon as we got to the end point, we would cry out to, to everyone who is playing this game, ready or not, here I come. And then we would go looking for everyone who is in hiding. Well, Shabbat is sort of like that. It calls out ready or not, here I come. And then it looks for all of us, even if you're hiding from Shabbat, Shabbat is looking for you. And if we're ready, you know what? Shabbat becomes a time to enter into rest. It's a time where we can join together with God and a time to join together with God's people. It's a a time to worship together, just as we have been doing today, to pray together, to read God's word together, and to study the scriptures together, to be together in the presence of the Lord. What a wonderful, wonderful blessing it is that you and I right now, even though we may be separated by a great distance, we are together and we're with the Lord. I value the time that we're having even now. And I know that some parts of our lives are disrupted and many things have changed, but not everything is disrupted. Shabbat still comes on Friday evening. Last night, Shabbat came. And this morning, Shabbat continues. And it will continue until the evening comes yet again. So during this time, we stop, we pause, we don't do this because we must, but because we can. We have the, the joy and the privilege of resting, of stopping, of not, not having the craziness and the busyness that may drive us, not being on a, 
on a treadmill, if you will, not being one of those hamsters, you know, that's, that's just running, running, running. We can stop. We can be refreshed with the Lord and we're refreshed in his presence. And I can tell you this, that the scriptures teach us that the great people of God enjoyed the rhythm of Shabbat and they allowed Shabbat to set a pattern for their lives. I can also tell you that the scriptures teach us that Yeshua, our Messiah, our teacher, our Lord, our Redeemer, our Master enjoyed Shabbat. And that's why you would always find Yeshua in the synagogue each Saturday, enjoying Shabbat with his community, reading from the scriptures, worshiping and praying together, having fellowship. And I know some of you are saying right now, but, but we're not in the synagogue now. And I miss that so much. And, and I do too. I think all of us can say we do. But let's remember this. Together, you and I, all of us together, become a sanctuary for the Lord. And even though our physical building is important to us and useful to us, right now we can't be using the, the physical building. We look forward to when we can, but we're part of another kind of building. It's a spiritual building. You and I are being built together to be a sanctuary where the Lord can dwell in our midst. And that's why when we do gather together physically, it's powerful and enjoyable. And that's why when we can't gather together physically, but we're united through this means, it's also enjoyable. It's also powerful. That's why I, I encourage you participate in the comment section right now, because it's a way of saying hello to everyone. It's a way of giving a greeting. It's a way of participating. You can be listening to this message. If something hits you, just write Write down in the comment section what hits you. If, if there's a scripture that touches you, then, then write that scripture down and share it. If, if you want to underline something, feel free to do that. And that's a way that you can participate and stay on track with what we're talking about right now. Now, you, you might also ask a question, what can you do these days? What can you do right now? What can you do on the Shabbat and in the days to come? And I want to encourage you, worship with us set aside Friday evening, 7.30 p.m. for about an hour, and then join with us also on Saturdays at 10.30 a.m. for another hour. And join us and include your whole family. And I know some of you will say, well, I always come to synagogue on Friday nights, or I'm a Saturday person. I wanna encourage you during this season to do an experiment and participate with us on Friday and Saturday. We have, if you will, a different kind of live from home each time. And we light candles and welcome the Shabbat on Friday. We have different prayers and we have different worship songs on Friday and Saturday. And also we try to have different content from the rabbis as we're speaking to you, even though there's overlap, of course, and some consistency. But I wanna encourage you to try to make more of Shabbat than you might have in the past. Listen together with your family and sing together with us, pray with us, study with us, and invite the Lord into your home for these two hours. Not just these two hours though, for the full measure of Shabbat, welcome the Lord into your house, that your house would be filled with the presence of the Lord. The prophet Isaiah speaks about this in a really powerful, but simple passage in Isaiah 58, verse 13. It says this, call the Shabbat a delight. And the word in Hebrew for delight is oneg. So oneg Shabbat, which we often speak of, oneg Shabbat means delight in Shabbat. And call the Lord's holy day honorable. So what does it mean to delight in something? It means to find joy, to find pleasure, to consider it pleasant and nice a wonderful experience. And whenever you delight in something, you look forward to it. And what does it mean to call the Lord's holy day honorable? I don't think it's a matter just of giving it a title or a word or even an adjective to describe it, but it's, an, it's a perspective that we have that Shabbat is worthy of honor, 
that it's it's worth honoring it's valuable it's it's special to us and the way that we show honor is we set aside time and we experience it we enter into shabbat we enter into the rest of course it all depends on your perspective it requires a fresh perspective and an important way of looking at these things it's the point of view that yeshua was expressing when he told his disciples in mark 2 27 shabbat was made for man not man for the shabbat you might want to say that with me shabbat was made for man shabbat was made for mankind shabbat was made for men for women for young people for old people for boys for girls for the elderly for the children for the single for the college students the high school students shabbat is made for all of us it's not that we were made for shabbat it's that shabbat was made for us so which what does that mean it means shabbat was made for the benefit of people Shabbat was given, you could say, to meet our needs. We have a need for Shabbat. We have a need to pause and to experience Shabbat. That was Yeshua's perspective. Shabbat was made for us. We need Shabbat. There's something about us. There's something about us that requires a Shabbat, that requires a day of rest. Now. I'm going to speak to some people who are really driven people. You may not like what I have to say, but I'm going to tell you anyway, because I think it's useful to you. And I don't want to hold back useful things from you. Just being busy all the time is not going to give you the very best life. If you take Shabbat, you will have a better life. If you take the full measure of Shabbat, that full 24 plus hour period of time from sundown to sundown, a little bit before sundown, a little bit after sundown, uh, the next day, if you take that whole time and you dedicate it to the Lord Shabbat, you will get more benefits from it. You may be the kind of person who who thrives or you think you do on very little sleep, but you may be exhausted and not even realize that the body needs sleep. In the same way, Yeshua has this profound teaching, the human person needs Shabbat. We need Shabbat. It's not just a religious event that happens purely for religious purposes. It's for the benefit of mankind. Shabbat was given to us because we need it. We need to take rest. And it's not just recreational rest, and it's not just sleeping as much as you can to catch up for the missed sleep you had earlier in the week or accumulated in previous days. No, Shabbat is meant for a purpose. Shabbat is a time to gather together with the Lord. It's a time to pray together with the Lord and with God's people. However, you can do it, whatever it takes, like we're doing right now using Facebook Live and using the technology that's available to us to connect us. We do whatever's necessary so that we can experience Shabbat together. Of course, if you're in an isolated situation and you can only celebrate Shabbat by yourself, that's what you do. But that doesn't need to be your norm. It does take some preparation. It takes some commitment, especially for people in these days who don't like technology or are afraid of it or stumble with it. I can tell you these are days where you need some extra, extra technology to serve you. And I want to encourage you to take benefit of everything necessary so that you can participate with us during Shabbat and not just afterwards. This Shabbat is a wonderful time to be together. And I, I want to speak to this thought that we need Shabbat. And you might say to yourself, well, that's, that's your opinion. I'm not telling you based on my opinion. I'm telling you based on Yeshua's teaching that Yeshua knew this about us. In fact, God knew this. That's why he demonstrated something. The scripture teach us, teaches us that he worked in creation for six days and then he rested on the seventh day and was refreshed. You see, God was refreshed on Shabbat. Of course, you'll be saying to yourself, I didn't even know that God could get tired. 
Well, it's not just tired. Refreshment is more than that. Refreshment is more than just overcoming tiredness. Refreshment is, is a kind of pausing and setting aside of time so that time becomes centered not on productive things, not on money-making activities, not on busyness, not on chores, not on getting things done, but being with God in God's creation. You see, God wants to be with us. He was refreshed, interestingly, after he created mankind. And God takes time on Shabbat to have fellowship with us. That's part of the refreshment for the Lord, is that he has us to be with, and it refreshes him. You may never have thought of that, that God gets refreshed with us, not because he's exhausted, not because he's worn out, but because he loves to have that special time to be together with us, who are his mishpocha, who he's created. Yeshua took Shabbat himself. He set aside time for Shabbat. He needs Shabbat. That's what he was saying to us. The Lord himself is refreshed on Shabbat. And I know some people are saying, God being refreshed, it just, I don't get it. I, I don't understand that. And I want, I want you to think about some things. I, I spoke about that, these things last night, and I want to encourage you to watch the Facebook Live from Home video from last night in order to explore some of these thoughts because they may have come out better last night than they will this this morning because honestly I've been mulling over some of the details of what I was sharing last night and pursuing some things reading and and thinking and praying about it and sometimes when you're not prepared things come out spontaneously with with a special kind of power and and freshness and I think last night was like that there was a certain moment last night when I felt the Lord wanted me to pursue a certain direction. It had nothing to do with what was in my notes or what I had been preparing for. And I just felt I needed to speak about certain things. And, and so I enjoyed doing that spontaneously. This morning, I've had a chance to think. And of course, I had the experience last night. And so I've mulled some things over. And I, I can't guarantee you that after you mulled things over, that they come out better than they did the first time. But I, I, I want to talk about an idea that God knows something about humanity and he reveals it to us in this message about Shabbat. He knows that you and I need Shabbat. That may be something you want to write down or take note of and put it in the first person. I need Shabbat. I need Shabbat. It's not just that I need a service on Shabbat, but I need the entirety of Shabbat. I need it. God knows that about us, and that's why he set Shabbat in motion from creation and embedded it in the very pattern of the days of creation. For us, when we think about the nature of this universe, we always go back to the imagery of the Genesis creation. Six days of creation and work, one day of rest. And that pattern is embedded throughout the creation and the universe that you and I live in. And it's part of the nature that you and I have. You and I need Shabbat, and we get benefit by taking Shabbat together. There's a real value to us in having Shabbat together. God knows that, and so he tells us about it. Now, he tells us things in scripture sometimes before we can understand them with science, and with intellectual knowledge, he tells us things that are true before we can prove that they're true. And I know that there are some people who have that Missouri attitude, show me, prove it to me. And that can be a good attitude, it's useful. It's useful to have intellect because you wanna love God with your heart and with your mind. You wanna use your mind. We've been given a mind in order to ponder things. We've been given intellect in order to develop our intellectual capacity and the things that we can create and consider. The decisions we can make are improved by using our intellect 
in, in godly purposes, in godly ways, in, in manners. But not everything can be understood at every time. Sometimes you'll only understand later. And God knew that we needed rest. That's why he created Shabbat. And that's why Yeshua teaches Shabbat was made for mankind. We need it. We need it. And God proves that to us, not in some scientific theoretical way, but through the experience of Shabbat. When you experience Shabbat, and you make it part of your lifestyle, not just the once in a blue moon experience, but something that you do with consistency and regularity because you have made it a priority in your life and it's, it's the heartbeat of your week and part of the rhythm of your life. When you do that, you'll start noticing the benefits that you get. You'll even notice that your productivity in the rest of the week increases so that you can produce more in less time than you used to have. It's a wonderful experience. But you'll also know that through this experience, you will discover things about God. You'll discover things about yourself. You'll learn from other people. You'll learn from the scriptures. You'll learn from the Lord about life. And you may even get answers to big questions you have that you'd set aside. And you weren't, you weren't working on those questions because you were worshiping the Lord, but during a time of worship, God may open up to you something very secret. It reminds me of, of what my friend Paul Hewitt used to tell me. Paul was an accomplished inventor and a chemist. And there were many times when he was working on a project and he just, he just didn't know how to break through, what to do in order to create what he was trying to create. He was the guy who came up with easy off oven cleaner, for instance, and that fix a flat product, you know, that you can use. Those were inventions uh, that came from Paul. But Paul told me that there were times when he would go to sleep and while he was sleeping, he would have a spiritual experience where the Lord would open up something intellectually and he would see something and he would understand it at that moment. And then it would be as if he had always understood it and the pieces would come together. And then when he woke up, he could do the chemistry. He could do the inventing. He could do the thorough disciplinary uh, steps that were required to invent and create because of the experience that he had. When he was resting, the Lord would give him answers that he could not know prior to that. But the Lord would use even his mental and intellectual capacity as a gateway for receiving that. And it's as if he said, as if I knew it, and then I had known it before. It's a fascinating thing for a scientist to describe. And I hope I've done justice to describing it, but there are times when you're worshiping and God will answer you. There are times when you'll call to the Lord and he'll answer you. He'll show you great and unsearchable things that you don't know. Unsearchable things are things that you can't find by looking for them, but God can show them to you. And I can tell you this, when you have the habit of celebrating Shabbat and of entering into Shabbat and of being refreshed, God will show you things and you will discover things that you can't know any other way. Now, of course, this is a challenge to the modern scientific mind and the technological mind. And I'm sure there are some of you right now who are saying, listen, I'm a scientist. I like to know stuff. I like things to be proved to me. If you can't prove it, if I can't see it, then I don't believe it. And I want to say that's good for certain things, but it's not a perfect way of looking at life. You know, some things are invisible. Purpose is invisible. Love is invisible. And but I can tell you this, the best things in life are invisible. But even with that in mind, let's let's go to this this thought about God knowing some things that are hidden from man, that are invisible to us, and it will take us sometimes centuries 
or millennia before we have the capacity to understand what God has revealed. I'll give you an example. Before mankind had microscopes or lenses or could examine the uh, invisible world of microbes, there were microbes, there were bacteria, there were also viruses, there were all sorts of germs and, and, and different, different things that existed even though we couldn't see them. Humanity didn't know what they were, but God knew. And God knew that we needed to have good habits of sanitation and cleansing. And that's why there is in the scriptures this very interesting passage about the children of Israel going outside the camp to use their latrines and then to cover up their excrement uh, with dirt and to take a shovel with them when they go out in order to cover up the excrement. God knew that that was good for sanitation and for health. We may not have understood all the means by which there can be pollution of water sources and of the camp through, um, through refuse and, and through sewage, but God understood that. And so he gave the children of Israel an instruction about what to do so that they would learn to value sanitation. And not only that, they would learn to value the public well-being, not just their own well-being, but the well-being of the greater community. And so the children of Israel learned to do this, but they also learned to wash their hands before they ate. In fact, it became part of the ritual of Jewish life where you wouldn't eat until you had washed your hands. And that washing and that sanitation has provided protection for the Jewish people for millennia. And in fact, there were times during plagues when the Jewish people were spared, even when others were not, because the Jewish people had the habit of washing their hands before they ate. Well, I think everybody knows right now it's a good idea to wash your hands before you eat. It's a good idea to wash your hands regularly, not to touch your face, not to touch your eyes with dirty hands and so forth. We're learning that. But before we understood it scientifically, God knew it and taught it to us. It was an unknown matter scientifically, but it was known spiritually. And there are things like that that God reveals. And once they're revealed, then we can act on them, even if popular opinion goes against that. Now, I, I got up early this morning, and it, in fact, in the middle of the night, I woke up and I was thinking about microbes, and I started reading about microbes and microorganisms and who really is responsible for discovering microbes. And of course, you've got the invention of the lens that was uh, the basis of a microscope. That was one of the things that was necessary. You have the experiments of those like uh, Louis Pasteur and others and Lister who experimented and discovered about microorganisms. But what you may not know is that there was a long period of human history where the best scientists, the best human scientists believed that disease came through miasma or miasma, that there was something in the air it was the air itself had become spoiled. And if you breathed this spoiled air, you would get sick. They didn't know that there were microbes. They couldn't see microbes. They didn't have the scientific knowledge about it. They had another theory. And so they tried to do the best that they could with that in mind. Later, much later, when the microscope was invented, when microbiology developed and when we began to learn about these previously invisible forms of life and the pathogens that um, are invisible but are actually now visible because of microscopy. Now we know what's going. We don't always know. Like it's not always clear through viral pandemics and such things as that during the time what's actually going on, the causation and the, the means of transmission and how to establish 
uh, cures of, of different kinds or treatments that are effective and what variations are necessary. That has to be learned as well. So you can see that this is the time of learning. But I want you to focus on this, that, that God knew that sanitation was useful to us. And so he taught the children of Israel to practice some very basic sanitation long before science understood it, long before science could even see what God knew. There are things that God knows that he tells us, and once he reveals it to us, we're able to embrace it. Now, another example of that is Messiah. Now, the Jewish people were expecting Messiah for a long time before Yeshua came. And when he came, many Jewish people were expecting Messiah in a different way than Messiah actually came. And so there were those who just couldn't accept that this was Messiah. There were some who expected a leper to be the Messiah. There were others who expected that it would just be a man. But what really, what people didn't expect is that God would come down and that God would take on a human body and become Messiah, that God would be the redeemer, that Messiah would be a human who was also God. It's not a man became God, it's that God became a man. And of course, there are some scientific people right now who are saying, I don't think that's possible. Well, it turns out it is possible. It's not just possible, it happened like that. It's been revealed to us. And when when Jewish people can set aside previous misunderstandings in order to embrace this revelation, things will open up. When you can set aside even very popular Jewish misunderstandings about Messiah, and you can embrace what the scriptures teach us about Messiah and the reality of Yeshua, when you can do that, you will make advances that are actually unbelievable. They will put you at odds with others around you. And there will be some people who say, well, I don't believe it and you can't prove it. And you may not be able to them. There, sometimes there are things that are invisible that can't be proven at the time that people are asking, but later they can be established. Yeshua proved that he was the Messiah. He demonstrated it. He didn't just make a claim, he proved it. And then he fulfilled in ways far beyond what we understood the Messiah would do. He fulfilled what Messiah came to do. He came to redeem us, to be a sacrifice for our sins. He came to connect us with God, to open up our hearts so that we could be reunited with God and restored to God. He came to provide a sacrifice for our sins. You see, the temple system was coming to an end. It was winding down. Yeshua came at just the right time and he provided in himself a blood sacrifice, a sacrifice once for all. God provided the sacrifice that humanity needed. We need that sacrifice. We need something that atones for our sins. We need the means for forgiveness. Even when you're sincere with God and you fail to live up to all that you aspire to and all of God's holiness and all of the teachings that God has given us, you'll have this moment where you'll say, I feel guilty, I am guilty, I, I have regrets, I did wrong. And I don't mean just feeling remorseful or sad or crying tears. I mean, you have a sense of regret and you wanna make a change. That's what repentance is all about. It's not just feeling bad, it's making a change of direction. But as you're changing direction, as you're turning to the Lord or returning to the Lord, you'll have this inevitable question, what about my sin? How do I get forgiveness? And the answer is God himself through Messiah, through the son of God provides that sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice that you can make for yourself. It's a sacrifice that was made for you. What can you do? You can say yes to God. You can say yes to him. You can call Yeshua your delight, like you call the Shabbat your delight. And when you do that, you'll experience things that you cannot imagine, good things that you cannot possibly imagine. I wanna encourage you. I know that there are 
some people who are listening, some people who grew up in Jewish families as I did, who had Jewish education as I did, who had Jewish identity as I did. You weren't alienated from your community or your family, but you found yourself thinking something that's really outside of the box. And it puts you in a sense in an awkward position with your own family and your friends because you begun to think Yeshua is the Messiah. And there's this moment when, when you, begin to see that and then the scriptures start making sense and the teachings of the scriptures the teachings of yeshua and of the apostles even the teachings of moses start making new sense to you and they fill in the gaps that that other forms of judaism just can't address satisfactorily because they don't they haven't built themselves upon the revelation of Yeshua. And when that happens, there can be this internal struggle. It's like, oh, I'm doing something that's, that's wrong, but you know it's not wrong. You know it's right. You know it's actually holy, but it's unpopular. Yes, in some ways it may be. But I tell you, as you join in, as you say yes, it becomes more popular because you're one more person and you're joining together with the rest of us who have said yes to Yeshua. So don't let yourself be limited. Keep pursuing things. Don't, don't just go the way everybody's going. Don't just base your opinion of reality on what's popular with the Jewish people in the community you grew up with or in the family you grew up with. You know, they, they may be smart. They may be intelligent. My family is very smart and very intelligent. They may be well-educated, but they may not understand yet the revelation of the scriptures and of the God who reveals himself through the scriptures. And I wanna encourage you, don't be limited by their limitation. Instead, you move forward, you take a step. And as you do, you know what God is gonna bless you, he's gonna use you to be a blessing as well. And as you, as you say yes to the Lord, as you say yes in the daily rhythms of your life and the weekly rhythms, including Shabbat, you'll experience refreshment, you'll experience intimacy with God. You need God, you need Yeshua, you need Messiah, and you will be refreshed as you participate with him. The Lord is refreshed on Shabbat. How about that? The Lord himself is refreshed and you and I can be refreshed with him on Shabbat. What can you do today? I, I have some ideas. If, if today is the day where you're ready to say yes to Yeshua, then say yes right now and say yes. Yeshua, I believe in you. I trust you. I know you're real. My heart bears witness. I have evidence of the invisible and the unseen world being true. And I have evidence in my heart, in my understanding, in the scriptures, in the revelation of the scriptures. I have evidence that I can count on. I have testimony and I know in my spirit and in my mind, Yeshua came down from heaven and he lived among us and he became my redeemer. He died for me, he rose from the dead, he returned to heaven and sent the Holy Spirit and I wanna live for God. If you've got that yes brewing in your heart, then say yes to the Lord right now. Just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, that's, that's where I am. And understand that it does come at a price. It, you, you may experience some alienation from friends and family who misunderstand what you're doing and what your motives are. They may think you're stupid now or, or even mentally ill, that you can be accused of that or that you've lost some of your faculties. Actually, you're doing the smartest thing you could ever do. But there's one other thing part of the price and that's turning away, turning away from sin and being sincere about that and vocalizing it to the Lord, confessing your sin to him and saying to him that you receive his forgiveness in the atoning sacrifice that Yeshua provides for you. And as you're saying yes to the Lord, you can just verbalize that in the privacy of your own home right now. You can say, yes, Lord, what Rabbi David's talking about right now, that's me. He's talking about me and I'm saying yes to you. So that's one thing that you can do. And for others, if you've been following the Lord or moving forward with the Lord, here's something practical that you can do. You can give a friend a call and see how they're doing. You can pray with your friends. You can tell her you've been thinking about her, tell him you've been thinking about him. Write a note to someone that you miss and tell them that you care about them and that you miss them. And then here's another thing you can do later on today when the video of today's service is posted again, 
Play the worship and the Hebrew prayers again for yourself. Sing along together with your family or sing by yourself. You can find the lyrics on our Facebook page, Live From Home Post, and worship a little more this weekend. It'll make a difference for you. As you do these things, the rhythm of your life can be restored and you can enter into the joy of Shabbat. Remember this, that our main objective in Live From Home is to continue our life as mishpacha to stay connected. And I can tell you as your rabbis and Rebetzin, Sandy and I, and Rabbi Yuri and Rebetzinina, and all the leaders of Beth Israel, we wanna stay connected with you. We want you to stay connected with us during this time. And we really value everyone who's helping this. I wanna thank everybody who's helped making these live from home events possible on Facebook and who's helping um, organize them behind the scenes. Thanks to Brian Rose and all the technical work you're doing even right now. We appreciate you so much. Thank you to the Stone and Dexter House family in your ministry, moderating the services, uh, the comments on Facebook. Thank you to the Korshin family for leading us in worship and Hebrew prayers today. Thank you for Aaron Jacobs, for Chungwa Jacobs, and uh, um, our cantor Aaron has been posting his Torah teasers each week, and you can see this week's Torah teaser. It's a great way to stir your appetite with great questions and thoughts, provocative things that will help you explore the scriptures. Thanks to my wife, Sandy, and all the work she does behind the scenes to help make all of this happen. All of us who are making this happen are so grateful for every one of you who's taking time to be together with us. I wanna say thank you to everyone who's working behind the scenes, everyone who's making this possible. And I thank my wife for all that she's doing and the way that she encourages me, the way that she helps me. And not only that, the, the strong things that she's able to contribute and the word that she had, the three words she shared on Wednesday night of the Mishpocha session were really valuable. We'll be exploring those in the weeks to come. Why don't you right now, those of you who are watching, why don't you take a moment in the comment section and thank the people. Thank Ruth for the podcasts and for others who are continuing to work in the different ways that they are. Give a thanks to all those people. Why don't you give a shout out right now on the comment section and just thank people by name and show your appreciation to them. And I can tell you this, we love you, we appreciate you. We're so glad that we can all be together like this. We're happy to be celebrating birthdays and a special shout out to Kate as she is celebrating her 18th birthday this week. She just had her 18th birthday and uh, we wanna make this a wonderful time. So if you didn't say happy birthday to Kate today already in the comment section, why don't you post that right now and say happy birthday to her. You can give Chung Wa and you can give Ethel a happy birthday greeting as well. And uh, this is a great time for us to be together. You know, it's our habit to, to take up offerings when we're together in the sanctuary as an extension of our worship and an expression of our gratitude to God for his provision and as a practical way of returning the tithe and our offerings to the Lord. But we can't do that right now because we're not in the sanctuary, we're not in the synagogue. What we can do though is we can contrib contribute using our online services, Giving Fire and PayPal. We can contribute our tithes and our offerings as well using our bank's bill pay services or writing checks and sending them in the mail. There are ways that we can do these things. You can find out how to do these on our webpage, bethisraelnow.com slash giving, and you can connect with us. I wanna give a special thanks to everyone who's been standing with us. You've been faithful in giving your tithes and your offerings during the season when we can't get together. And your faithful and steady giving gives us real stability and helps us reach even more people. We've reached close to 40,000 new people this way, and we're excited. Personally, I wanna to get to 100,000 over the next few weeks. We're gonna be working on that. We think what God is doing at Beth Israel is worth sharing, and it brings life to many people. It's a breath of fresh air, and it's a lifeline for many people all over the world. We're reaching people already in over 100 different countries. We hear from them regularly, and we count them as our mishpacha. Hello, everyone in all the countries of um, our friends. We're just so glad that you could be with us. 
Well, thank you to everyone who is contributing and, and thank you for your giving. Our online giving, Giving Fire and PayPal are very secure and they're easy to set up. We've had no security breaches at all. And we want to thank the new givers, those who have been giving just recently, um, those who have adapted by giving online who were never online givers before, and those who are new givers who have just recently become supporters. Those of you who are podcast watchers, those of you who are podcast listeners, those of you who are watching on Facebook Live and on YouTube, on our YouTube channel, and the other means that we have. We're just so glad that you could be with us. We appreciate you so much. And we're glad that we can all stand together, shoulder to shoulder and accomplish more together than we ever could by ourselves. We were so encouraged last week to welcome people from Australia. It was breakfast time in Australia when we were joining together, <coughs> but it was Arab Shabbat in Jacksonville. And we were united all over the world with people. It was a great experience and we're so glad to have all of you with us today. Well, it's our custom at the end of our service in the sanctuary that we always close with Aaron's blessing. And at that time, Sandy always comes and stands with me. We're not standing together, we're sitting together. <laughs> and so, hello, my dear. Hello. I'm gonna take a sip. Okay. You might wanna say something while I'm sipping oh. my water. I do. I'm just so grateful to be able to see faces and to read the comments. So much goes on here at our house, um, production-wise, that I can't get on the comment section, but I read every one, either during the comments, uh, if I've got a moment break, or um, after the service. Uh, Rabbi David and I sit down and we read all the comments and we think about and talk about the individual. So it's really, uh, we're really grateful to those of you who actually do comment because it's like refreshes memories. And sometimes in the daytime, I just sit and imagine the sanctuary and uh, where people sit. And I just thank the Lord for you and pray for you. And um, so when I see your names pop up and those of you who are far away, it's so good to hear from John and Ray every Shabbat. We bless you and all the decisions ahead and to hear from Paula Jones and uh, people that have been living here in Jacksonville who've moved away. Now Jessica and Sam and baby Z, we miss you, but uh, we're together in this strange way through live from home. So please uh, keep writing comments. Let us hear from you by text and email and just know we love and miss you all. Thank you, honey. <laughs> Unrehearsed. Be beautiful words. <laughs> beautiful words. I, I love the way that you express yourself and your sentiments and the ways that you can open up your heart to people. It really does touch people. It touches me as well. Thank you. And so normally Sandy and I are standing, we're sitting together and let's say the blessing of Aaron that was given for the children of Israel. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep watch over you and protect you. The Lord cause the light of his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. And we can say to you, Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. And now we're going to return to the Korshin home for one more worship song. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Shabbat Shalom.